Welcome to the Pitch Proper Yank, the show where we Americans talk about soccer, footy, football, whatever you want to call it. Specifically, the English Premier League, Major League Soccer, and everything in between. My name is Alana Gaffney, and I'm your host. This is episode number three. I'm so excited to have you, but I am going to give you a bit of a podcast catch-up as well. So if you don't already know, I am an American woman who currently watches and follows English Premier League. I'm a West Ham United fan. I want to learn about Major League Soccer and talk about soccer with my friends. There's no other better way to do it than to do this podcast from my point of view. So we're going to do this together. All right, in episode two, if you weren't already familiar, I broke down some of the like standard format for English Premier League and Major League Soccer. So it's definitely worth, if you're not familiar, checking in on that. If you are familiar, you can probably go ahead and skip that one. This episode is going to focus on a mid-season check-in for Major League Soccer and a first match weekend recap for English Premier League. Beyond that, we're going to talk about picking a team and how to watch them. Let's get into it. All right, so let's start with the Major League Soccer Season 27 catch-up. So this isn't the season that we were there we're currently in. This is the season prior. The reigning MLS Cup and Support Shield champions are Los Angeles FC. Uh, Philadelphia Union are the reigning Eastern Conference champions. And the 2023 MLS All-Star Game took place on July 19, 2023 at Audi Field in Washington, D.C. It was between the MLS All-Stars and Arsenal FC. Now let's talk about MLS Season 28, the season we're in right now. In terms of where we are, regular season will end on October 21st, 2023, which is Decision Day. The regular season has been paused. So it was paused for the 2023 Leaks Cup between July 20th to August 20th. So that may have passed. It just depends on when you're listening to this. The majority of matches will be played on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7.30 p.m. local time via Apple TV streaming. The I wanted to provide some information about the average home attendance per game. Like, where is this huge? Because I did tell you prior, there's pockets of popularity, but it's not universal across the country. So what I noticed was in terms of this season, the highest attendance has been from Atlanta United FC, uh, followed by Charlotte FC and Seattle Sanders FC, all breaking 30,000. Atlanta and Charlotte have highs in the 60,000 range in terms of fan attendance. The lowest average home attendance per game has been the Colorado Rapids, Houston Dynamo, and Chicago Fire, all in the $15,000 range. All right, let's talk about standings. So we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, So FC Cincinnati has a substantial lead in points currently with 51 and is in the top seed uh, spot for qualification for round one of the Champions Cup. They're closely followed by New England Revolution, who have 43 points in position two. Philadelphia Union, remember those are the reigning Eastern Conference champs. They have 40 points in position three. Nashville has 38 points. They have the top score in the league right now with 13 goals as well, and they're in position four. Orlando City has 37 points. They're in position five. Columbus Crew is 36 in position six. Atlanta United has 35 points in position seven. And currently in contention for the wild card round are Chicago Fire FC, 32 points in position eight, and DC United with 30 points in position nine. And then there is uh, Montreal, with 29 points in position 10. The following three teams are Dragons, so New York Red Bulls, 26 points in position 11. Charlotte has 26 points in position 12. And New York City has 26 points in position 13. 
This, these two teams are in dead last. It's Toronto FC with 19 points in position 14 and Inter Miami with 18 points, 18 points in position 15. They just picked up the best player in the world, though, Lionel Messi. So we'll see what kind of impact he makes on the rest of the season. Let's talk Western Conference now in terms of current standings. So St. Louis has a substantial lead in points. They're at 41 and is in the top seed for qualification for round one for the Champions Cup. Closely followed are Los Angeles FC with 37 points in position two. Uh, remember that they are the reigning Champions Cup champs at this point. Salt Lake is 37 points in position three. The Seattle Sounders have 36 points in position four. Austin has 32 points in position five. San Jose has 32 points in position six. Vancouver Whitecaps have 31 points in position seven. And then currently in contention for wildcard round is FC Dallas with 30 points in position eight. And Houston Dynamo it with 29 points in position nine. So that's a regular Texas Derby right there. The following three teams are dragging. So they are dragging like they are not doing well. Minnesota United. 28 points in position 10, Sporting Kansas City with 26 points in position 11, and the Portland Timbers with 26 points in position 12. The absolute bottom of the group, LA Galaxy, how far they've fallen with our, for my vantage point, for 22 points in position 13, and the Colorado, uh, Colorado Rapids with 19 points in position 14. So just to give you an idea of the table, because the table is actually intermixed, the top four teams are mostly from Eastern Conference. Uh, so that would be Cincinnati is in that top spot. Then it's New England Revolution. Then we have St. Louis. And then we have Philadelphia Union. Beyond that, number 15, the Vancouver Whitecaps have a qualification for the Champions Cup round one. Just uh, they have, they currently still do. And then number 29, overall, worst team in the league is Inter-Miami. I am so interested to see what happens now. Because I did speak a bit within episode two about various European tournaments that teams within English Premier League played in, I do want to make a special note that while uh, Major League Soccer is on break between July 21st to like August 19th, because it starts back up on August 20th. They are participating in the 2023 Leagues Cup. So this is the third edition of, it's an international club soccer tournament. It's between Major League Soccer and Liga MX. So it's um, held during this time. There's 77 matches. I will note Messi began in with Inter-Miami during this time. He's actually the top scorer. He scored nine goals within this tournament at this point, and Inter-Miami is now in the final, which is super interesting. So we're already starting to see some of those impacts, I think, of having that type of star power and that type of player, that caliber of player that's a part of your team. Okay, now that we've gone through MLS, let's start talking about English Premier League and do a little bit of a uh, first weekend recap, as well as just generally a little bit of an overview. So let's begin with the 2022 to 2023 sum up. So Arsenal went for the crown and they just missed with Man City overtaking EPL. Holland certainly contributed that, taking Man City to new heights, scoring 36 goals in his inaugural season in EPL. Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham all had somewhat sad seasons, for lack of a better term. They all had seasons where they didn't finish exactly where they had hoped for. 
Newcastle had a meteoric rise. They were extraordinarily fun to watch, and they really established themselves in that top four. Manchester United, Brighton and Hove, Brentford and Aston Villa had pretty good finishes. I'm sure you know, if you talk to a United fan, they were just happy to see their, the lads playing in Champions League again. Everton, uh, West Ham United and Wolverhampton kind of fought for their lives. I am still proud of my lads for coming to the finals for Conference League. Leeds United, Leicester City and Southampton, unfortunately, are fallen, so they were relegated. And then with that, Sheffield United, Luton Town, and Burnley were promoted. Going into the season, kind of looking a little bit at the transfer window, which I'm not totally sure that we've talked about the transfer window. So that is, uh, it's the time in which new players are signed. There's two that are in the season for EPL. There's a really short winter one. And then otherwise, there is a longer summer window. I believe it closes September 1st. There, there have been a lot of big signings in the summer, even though the window is not totally closed yet. So Arsenal certainly is upping their game. They signed on Declan Rice. So that was the former captain of West Ham. He's a midfielder. Kai Havertz, who formerly played for Chelsea, who never quite really fit into their strategy. Uh, Newcastle United, their exciting new uh, signing was Sandro Tonali from AC Milan. Chelsea signed Enzo Fernandez for kind of that record fee, and they are kind of clawing at their lives to sign the, the last couple players. I know that they are looking at a Brighton player right now. Tottenham signed James Madison from Leicester City, and Man United signed Onana as well, and who is a much more like aggressive style player. In terms of big losses, the big one that I want to highlight, so those are the big signings, they were the additions. This is kind of the loss Tottenham doesn't have Harry Kane, so that was kind of a, a huge one in terms of loss. So he ended up going to uh, um, Bayern Munich. I think beyond that, you can think of, I'm trying to think if there were, there are other players who kind of got shuffled around, but that's the, the big one that I would note is kind of, I don't know what they're going to do. Going into the new season, there are quite a few manager changes. I'm not going to go into detail on this, but I think it definitely is worth noting which clubs have opted to change their manager. To to give a bit of an overview, Bournemouth, Tottenham, Chelsea, as well as the Wolves have all, over the summer, up until before the first match day, have updated their manager. In terms of what this means, this does have a, a good sense of relevance in terms of how the season is going to go. I will eventually have an episode that's completely dedicated to manager changes because I find it really fascinating, especially when they occur, what prompted it, and what's the success afterwards. I think that's super interesting. I think in terms of now, it's it's the natural time to potentially update the leadership of a club. So I don't think there's any, there's nothing of concern at this point. It's just interesting to follow these clubs and know that not only are the players changing over so the squad is learning each other, but the squad is also learning the new style, like strategic style from the manager that has taken over as well. So definitely keep an eye on those clubs just to see how that pans out for everyone. Now looking at the opening matches for 
English Premier League, there were certainly some high points as well as some low points and themes and that of what folks are talking about when they're talking about watching the matches. So I'll do my best to keep it concise and just give you the information that you need to know. In uh, Manchester City, it opened with Manchester City playing Burnley. As expected, Manchester City won. Burnley is newly promoted, though they've been recently in the Premier League. City won the league last year. This was a result that we expected. What we didn't expect was Kevin De Bruyne to injure himself in, in what, like the 28th minute? And for that to further result in the next few days for in a press conference that he's potentially going to be out for three to four months due to a hamstring injury that's going to prompt surgery. So that certainly was probably not how Manchester City wanted to start. But that was the first uh, kind of big information from the weekend. Beyond that, Arsenal had a little bit of a surprising game. They played Nottingham Forest. I think it was probably expected this wasn't going to be as close of a game. I think Nottingham did a fairly good job of kind of preventing the damage in terms of the Arsenal scoring powers. That was interesting to see. Beyond that, the two other newly promoted teams that played on Saturday ended up losing so that Sheffield United lost against Crystal Palace. Luton Town was kind of spanked by Brighton and Hove uh, 4-1. So those were some expected results. Beyond that, for that day, I think everyone was talking about the Newcastle-Aston Villa game. So Tanali is that new signing. He was exceptional. And I think the commentators were just generally getting excited because they were seeing that he's fun and indifferent to kind of watch. He's kind of the, the new burst of energy and wind into English Premier League. Last year it was Holland. This year it's more of Tenali. On Sunday, it was interesting to see Brentford draw Tottenham. I think folks were wondering how that game was going to go with Harry Kane's departure. A draw is not necessarily what either team wants, so not a, not a great result. Um, and Chelsea and Liverpool also drew. And, and I saw a funny graphic and it was just talking about how in the last six or seven matches they've drawn each other. I mean, it's a rivalry that we've come to expect some kind of result that's like that. Though, if you ask some Chelsea fans, and I happen to work with some, they were not pleased. And then the final game of the weekend was actually on Monday. So that was Manchester United versus Wolverhampton. So Manchester United ended up prevailing, not without scandal. It was definitely said that Wolverhampton should have received a penalty kick due, due to a move by the keeper for United. They did not receive it. It's since been challenged by VAR. And here we are. Like the, the first controversial VAR decision has already happened in the first weekend. So it was super interesting to see kind of how, what the first impressions are of the teams. I think a lot of it was what we expected. Newly promoted teams ended up losing. The teams that, that typically dominated in last season did very well. With that, it's always fun to start the season and kind of see what the new strategy is and kind of what to look for. This very likely is the perfect time to encourage you to pick that team. Girl, why are, you wa- why are you listening? Why are you watching? Why else are you going to watch English Premier League or Major League Soccer if you're not going to know who to root for, put some investment in, and I don't know, maybe buy some merch, get a beer or water or tea, whatever you like, and root for your team. Learn the songs, learn the history. This is a big step and it's something that someone overlooked. And what I want to, but it's super important. And I want to highly encourage you to look beyond just who won the league last year. Could you do that? Sure. Should you do that? No, I don't think so. 
if that's the team that most closely aligns with whatever your like identity vibe, whatever you want to call it, do it, then that's great. And I'm excited for you, but that's not necessarily the case. So please, please, please do a little bit of research, find a team of a story that you kind of like and understand. If you are an American and you want to pick the major league soccer team that's closest to you, I get it. That's totally fine. It's going to be easiest to go in person to games. So for that, I totally understand. If you are new to English Premier League, and you're picking a team and you're out of the UK. I don't know how that would even happen, to be honest with you. I imagine at this point you have probably picked. But please, yes, if it proximity in that case is our friend and we totally get it. But if nothing else, please from this message, take this note, pick a team, tell me who you pick, message, message our social, let us know. We're super excited. We want to know what you learn in this little, in this little experience. So definitely pick your team. Picking a team also provides for the opportunity for you to know which games you want to watch. I can also let you know the ones that I'm excited for. I'm planning on doing that anyway, in terms, especially in terms of English Premier League, of what to watch and what I might skip. It's a little all over the place to watch. It, I don't know if everyone's catching every game. I think that's a little wild. Going through all of the highlight reels is even a little wild as well. But I can certainly note the ones that I'm most excited for. So on the 18th, I actually am weirdly interested in like in Nottingham Forest versus Sheffield United. One was recently promoted in the 22 to 23 season, and the other one was just promoted. These types of matches are awesome because the, everyone's got a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. So I might recommend watching that game if you have the availability to. Beyond that, on the sat on August 19th. I might also incur, I want, I want to watch the Newcastle City game. I want to see what's going to happen with that. It's two of the best teams generally. I want to see how City does without KDB. I want to see generally Newcastle had a really good result last weekend and they're, they've just been a little unstoppable in terms of firepower. So let's see what they can do. I think beyond that, on that day, Fulham and Brentford honestly could be a pretty good match just based on how they both play. They're both kind of like bulldogs, and I don't have a better way of putting that other than they've been counted out at various points in different seasons, and the reality is they're tough opponents. They really tire top-tier teams. Whether or not they've studied the strategy of other mid-tier teams to also do as well, we'll see, but I will be interested in watching that match as well. I think beyond that, on I do not want to watch the West Ham United-Chelsea game. I personally don't want to watch it because when you see your team, you just want to cringe. And they're playing an opponent I really want them to beat. I'm so sorry. Not a huge Chelsea girl. It's just not my journey. So I might skip personally skip that game. But it, beyond that, it's Aston Villa and Everton on, um, on August 20th. So you know what? Maybe I will watch the West Ham United game. And then finally, Crystal Palace and Arsenal. I don't know how personally exciting I'm going to find that game. That's on August 21st. So we'll see. Not totally sure. Excited to kind of jump in. Now, when it comes to MLS, I've got to admit, I don't know as much. So I'm really going in a bit blind. If you have any suggestions of what games you think I should watch, please let me know. Again, 
just comment on social or uh, you can email us however you want to get in contact. I will say just like from an introductory standpoint, the games that I'm a bit interested in are um, the Seattle Sounders versus Atlanta United. It's in between conferences and both those teams are doing pretty good. So I would think that that would be a good game. Beyond that, St. Louis versus Austin. Uh, so St. Louis City versus Austin FC, I think could potentially be a good game that I'd be interested in watching. And then finally, maybe Columbus Crew versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati is kind of leading the Eastern Conference, so I'm anticipating that that's going to be, I'll know what I'm working with, if nothing else, at that point. So that's what I'll be watching this weekend. What are you going to be watching? Let me know. There is one other piece of business that's important to discuss, and that's how to actually watch. And this is very different from both. So if we're talking about Major League Soccer, so you've got to get the MLS season pass via Apple TV. That's just the way that you watch the games. There's that 10-year broadcasting deal between MLS and Apple, and that's why we have it. It's one place, one place, nice place to watch the games. And then you compare it to English Premier League, where it really just depends. So a lot of games are in Peacock. I find Peacock pretty, like, very easy to be able to browse and watch whatever I really want to watch. The occasional game has been on USA, so that's been a little bit of a difference. And then if you're talking about, like, some means of a tournament game, it could be ESPN+. Plus. It could be other streaming services. It's some that I don't know of. So if you're looking to watch English Premier League, even if it's early, I might recommend that you go to a pub, if I'm being real. I think that might be the most fun experience that you're able to watch. All right, time to get into that podcast preview of what's to come. I'm getting Pete on the show. He's this is my my boy, Pete. He's going to give you some of his predictions. I'm pumped to have you meet him just generally. I think he's a super wild card. I think beyond that, I am going to do a bit of, I want to do a team spotlight. I think that's going to be one of the, the next upcoming episodes. So be on the lookout for that. And I've spoken about it at least in two of the episodes now at this point. I will be doing like a manager spotlight change, at least for English Premier League. I think that will be super interesting. If you're interested in something else, let us know and we're, and we're happy to, to kind of cover that generally. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitch Proper Yank podcast. I'm so excited to continue learning with you all and watching MLS. I need to have your reactions from how the games were last weekend. Until next time, Yanks. 